0: You're listening to Episode 2 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Episode 2 of Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and support and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is all about first words. It's a topic I get asked about a lot as parents or educators are wondering when their child's first words are going to erupt. And often there can be a lot of frustration from children who seem to understand everything that's going on around them, but they just can't get that message across. And also in a childcare or preschool kind of a setting, you've got educators that are often wanting to do the best for their children in their care and sometimes struggle to understand how do we best help get those first words happening. So today's episode, we're going to cover a few um, interesting things. First up, we need to cover off on communication milestones, and I'll be talking about what we expect to see in terms of the milestones for children's communication between birth and two years of age. And I'll also touch on what we expect for children who do speak another language besides English. So we'll touch on that. Importantly, we're also going to look at how to apply some really simple uh, tips in your day-to-day routine that's going to help boost those first words coming through and letting you know what some key early skills are. There's three key ones that are really needed and you'll notice them before those first words are due to erupt. And then after that, we're going to have a look at six key strategies that are going to help get those first words happening and then build the words from there, obviously. So it's, we've got a lot to cover. You also want to stick around to hear the answers to common things that I hear a lot. And one of them is, aren't boys slower to speak than girls? And another one is, oh, don't you wait till they're three before you do anything about it? So hang around to hear the answers to those ones. In my many years as a speech pathologist, I've had the privilege of working with so many families where first words is a goal, where we're working on getting those first words erupting for children. And it is such an exciting time. And I'm I'm so, as I said, I'm so privileged that I've been able to share those moments with carers. And it comes down to really connecting with your children I mean communication as I've said in in an earlier episode to me communication is at the heart of connection to ourselves to others to the community around us so those first words are really like bring so much joy and it starts a journey of connection which is amazing so let's look at how we can get that happening for your child or the children in your care So let's kick off by looking at milestones. So what do we expect to see in terms of communication development between birth and two years of age? Really, at birth, communication starts, and we're going to look at receptive language, and that means how is the child going, comprehending and understanding what they're hearing. And this starts from birth, as you've got a baby who's aware of their environmental sounds and their learning of language starts then and there. And then as they get to the six-month stage, They start to respond to voice tone changes and, you know, if there's an angry tone, they'll tend to respond to that. And as they get to that six to nine month mark, you'll see a baby understanding his or her own name. And they'll do this by turning in response to hearing it. They'll also have a go at imitation of greetings and actions like waving hello or goodbye. And they'll show that they're understanding, you know, where's mum and where's dad, Um, And they'll do that through their eye contact, through looking at mum or dad to show their understanding. And then by the time a child gets to a year, in terms of their understanding of language, you'll find that they are recognising familiar objects like ball or nana or nose, and they'll start to respond to simple requests. So if you were to say, give that to mum or give that to nan, they should start to understand those basic instructions at about 12 months of age. In terms of expressive language, and this is how a child is going learning to speak and to use language, this again starts at birth. So sounds are made by newborns. They're expressing their pleasure or pain through crying. You know, are they hungry? Are they tired? Etc. And That's them expressing themselves. As they get to the three-month mark, there's lots of coos and sounds are often repeated. And between four and six months, you'll notice that the sound play increases with lots of babbling happening of those early sounds like P, B, and M. And you'll hear that that babbling might happen when they're just playing on their own and they're making different noises to express that they want something. And as they get to about the one year or the 12-month mark, their babbling changes. It becomes longer and often two parts like mama and dada. And they might use like what we call intonation. It sounds a little bit like adult speech. So if you were to say um, mama, they might copy that and go mama, that kind of thing. So excitedly around the 12-month mark, this is where first words often arrive. If you're wondering, oh, you know, my child hasn't quite got their first words in their 12 months, um, there is a little bit of a, a window, I guess, in which we... Wait to see whether they do come through. Um, Typically between you know twelve and eighteen months. So if it's beyond eighteen months, then we say you know let's follow follow this up and see what's happening. Um, But certainly you can see a lot of change going on in the way that they want to communicate between twelve and eighteen months. So what's happening at twelve months? Let's continue these milestones at one year of age in terms of their understanding. You'll find that. The toddler is recognising a few familiar people and, and familiar objects. They're making more eye contact. And in terms of their speaking, they're saying typically a few words. They're continuing to babble. They'll copy different sounds and noises, but they'll also use gestures too. When they get to 18 months you'll find their understanding increases quite a bit. So they're usually understanding short phrases and up to 50 words and they can follow really simple instructions like throw the ball Um, and they'll point to familiar objects too, like, you know, point to ball, point to shoe, that kind of thing. And they should be able to do this with your 3D objects and also in pictures or in books. In terms of their speaking at 18 months, here it starts to increase. So they typically they're saying around 6 to 20 single words and some of those words are going to be easier to understand than other words. But you'll find there'll be some consistency happening with the words that they say. And they'll also continue to copy lots of words and noises. So it's it's an exciting time where you're seeing, that, seeing things come together in terms of their communication. And in terms of their speaking, they'll also name different body parts. It's kind of one of the first... Things that often they're um, learning about. So, nose and eyes and ears and that kind of thing. Then, when they get to two years of age, in terms of their understanding, they're following longer instructions. So, if you were to say, Give me the shoe and the sock, for example. So, two part instructions. And they should also be able to understand and respond to simple WH questions. And WH questions are basically. Things like what and where questions. What is that? Or you know, where are you going? Or where is dad? Like that kind of thing. Um, also at two years of age, they'll say more than about 50 single words. So really they're, they've got a lot of single words happening and they then start to put two words together. Like bye Teddy or no more. Those kinds of short phrases. And you'll hear their tone of voice Also, when they start to ask a question where it goes up at the end, like mummy gone, so you hear that uprise in the voice showing they're asking a question. And also at two years, they're using most vowel sounds and lots of consonant sounds too, like M, N, P, B, K, G, T, D, W, H. Like I don't expect you to remember them all, but certainly you can get the checklist from the Chat About Children website if you want to read what those sounds are. Um, So by two years of age... Really, in terms of understanding, they're understanding more and they're saying more and they're starting to put together those single words. So that gives you a a bit of an overall view of what we expect from birth to two and it helps you to gauge where your child is at. Now, if you have another language spoken at home besides English – what do we expect? Well, basically, if the dominant language at home, for example, is Spanish, then we would expect that those milestones are followed in Spanish. Obviously, the grammar, etc., will be a little bit different to, um, to English, but really just think in Spanish, by one year of age, my child should start to be attempting to use words or at least babbling. Um, and as they get to 18 months, they're adding a few more single words in Spanish. And then by two years of age, they've got so many single, words or they're starting to put little phrases together in Spanish. So those milestones are still um, you know, relevant to whatever is the dominant language spoken at home. So they can still be used as a guide and as a reference. Now, what to do if you're listening and you're thinking, my child is not reaching those milestones. Oh my goodness. Don't have a panic. The first thing is being aware of what the milestones are and what the expectations are. Um, secondly, if you are concerned and you just think, look, they, they're just not reaching a lot of these, then the first port of call is obviously chat to your doctor and your medical professional. Make sure you get your child's ears checked and their hearing checked, even though I often hear hear the, um, the term, oh, you know, they can hear me fine, the hearing is better than mine, and they can hear me jiggle my keys, and they can... That's great, but let's just rule it out. If you've got any concerns, get the hearing checks, talk to your doctor, um, and just rule out that there's you know the hearing is all good and also that the ears are all clear. Cause sometimes kids can often get middle ear infections and we may not have any idea that it's happening or they've got fluid in their ears. and so that's impacting what they're hearing in the environment. And their hearing does need to be good for them to be able to learn those words and how to communicate. So get the hearing check, chat to your doctor and of course you want to chat to your speech pathologist as well or have a conversation and see where things are at. So we've covered off on knowledge of milestones. Let's get on to discovering what the three early signs are that words are soon to erupt and this will provide some reassurance to you out there if you're noticing some of these early signs. Um, Before, first words... There is communication going on. As we've already talked about, there's eye gaze, there's facial expression, there's sounds and noises that are being made, and there's gestures and actions. So how do you learn language? It is through interaction. It is through human interaction. So you imagine, as an adult, if you wanted to learn how to speak uh, Mandarin, if you went to China and you just sat in front of the TV, hmm chances are low that you're really going to get a good grasp in learning that language and you're not going to make good progress in learning that language. However, if you went over there and you had human interaction happening where you've got someone who is able to um, guide you on what you hear and what you see and you put that together, you're obviously going to make faster progress with your language development. So human interaction is a biggie in terms of uh, developing communication and language skills what are the three early signs? First one is attention. We need good attention. And that's going to happen through eye gaze, through eye contact, you know, face to face kind of connection and interaction. And the second one is turn taking. And that's really a back and forth interaction. You know, if you think about a game like um, peekaboo, where you do peekaboo and then the child smiles in return, and then you do a again peekaboo and then they smile or laugh, you've got a back and forth interaction happening there you're taking turns and these simple games or these simple activities that you might do in your day to day are so important they're the foundation for conversational turn taking which later is going to be a back and forth interaction so that's some two of the early signs and then the third early sign that words are about to erupt is imitation and this is where a child copies your actions. So often it might happen, you know, in nursery rhymes where you're doing a particular, particular action to a nursery rhyme and um, they're copying you or if you shake your head or things like that and your child starts to imitate and copy those actions, that is a great sign because later we want them to be copying your words, which they will do. So they're the three early signs that we see or pre-verbal skills that we see happening before words erupt. So let's get on to the six key strategies to get those first words happening and really just encourage them in your day-to-day, which can be easily done. Don't feel like you've got to set aside hours in a day to kind of help them boost those first words that can be done in your day-to-day activities, which is really lovely. Okay, so First key strategy is what we call modelling. Modelling is such a powerful strategy and it helps with all aspects of development, really. And modelling is basically where you talk about what you're doing and what your child is doing and you just use really simple terms um, and shorter sentences. So keep everything grammatically correct. That's really important. Keep everything grammatically correct. So if your child is building blocks, you might be saying build blocks, build, 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 Sarah's building blocks. So that kind of thing. So you're using um, shorter sentences and you're talking about what your child is doing and you do the same thing in regards to what you're doing. For a child that has no words, modelling is going to help them understand how a word is actually associated to an action or to an object. So if if we use the example of blocks, if they're holding a block and you say block, and you're both looking at the block, the child is going to put together that that word they've just heard and the object they're holding go together. Modeling is something you can do easily in your day-to-day, no matter what you're doing. If you're walking to the car, you might be going walking, walking, walking. You get to the car, open door, closed door, car on, brum, 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 like that kind of thing. So talk about what's happening and what they're doing, and that will help them piece things together. The second strategy is to build anticipation and wait. Now waiting is like can be the hardest thing sometimes, but you want to build anticipation and wait. Now this is really um, lovely to do with nursery rhymes. So if you think about something like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, if you often sing that and you put actions to it. So let's imagine you've got your hands up and your your child is looking at you or looking at your face, and you bring your Fingers up and you wiggle them, saying twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Now, eventually, if you get into a daily routine of singing that, firstly, you're getting their attention, which we talked about before as an important pre-verbal skill. If you've got your wiggling fingers near your face, you're getting them to use eye contact and have that face-to-face connection, which is really important in communication. And then as you're singing it and as they become familiar with it, Then you can start to leave a word off. So if you're going twinkle, twinkle, little, and then you leave a pause. Now, obviously, they've got to be familiar with it. They might have a go at it. They might kind of um, make a sound or a grunt, or they might just move their body, showing anticipation like, hang on, you know, where's the word star? So they're all signs of communication. They're signs that they're wanting to. You know, add that extra word in. So take all that on board as a response. Don't feel like they're suddenly just going to go star. Um, they might start with ta ah uh, mmm or a body wiggle. So look at look for those as signs of communication. So leaving a pause and waiting and seeing whether they want to you know, put put a response in there in whatever form that is. Doing that with nursery rhymes is a great way to build anticipation and wait. And if they don't fill it in, don't stress. If they don't fill the word in in any way, don't stress. Just keep at it just keep them familiar with it put actions make it fun and then try it on another part of the verse and then leave another word out and just keep doing that and have fun with it it's not meant to be a forceful or come on say star say like nothing none of that at all just make it fun and make it you know quite pleasurable and when they're ready they will add something in there as a response so the same can be done you know when you're playing with them if you're playing say bubbles for example, you might open the le like open, 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 and then you'll ready, set, go, and then you blow the bubbles. Now, if you're playing with bubbles frequently each day, you might then anticipate and wait here by leaving the word go off from your sequence. So you might say, ready, set, and then you wait and see if they attempt go, whether they attempt to say it, make a noise or move their body. So that's the building anticipation and waiting and the important thing there is really just to get them familiar with whatever the sequence is or the routine is. So moving on to the third strategy. The third strategy I call encouraging choice. Now here it's it's an important part of language development. Basically what you're doing is you're providing opportunities for choices and giving your child some control. Obviously if you provide a choice you're giving them some control in choosing um, something but basically kids that have limited communication, they have very little control and they have few choices. And so you, you can see a lot of frustration, a lot of difficult behaviors. So giving some choice is, is really important. And it's also a way that you provide an opportunity that they can communicate with you. So for example, if you've got Um, a banana and an apple. And it might be that your child loves apples and they really don't like bananas. Well, that's a great choice to give them, right? So hold one thing that they love, like the apple and the banana is the other. Hold them in the air and ask them to point or sign or tell you what they want. Any attempt at choosing can be considered communication. So even if they try and grab the apple, you're not going to stand there and say, say apple, say apple, please avoid that at all costs. It's really just giving them the choice and saying, "Your apple or banana?" Now for if you've got a 12-month-old, saying banana is tricky. They might start with nana, which is quite acceptable. So you'll give them the option, "Your apple or nana?" Yeah, and so then they're going to hopefully show you which one they would prefer or want. Now, if they reach over to grab the apple, then you say apple and you give them the apple, apple. If they're a child that you know can actually say the word, then you might expect that they might say it or have an attempt at saying like, ah, ah, and then you just say apple and you give it to them. So again, they're just putting together the word and the object or the item and then how they go together. So, moving on to the fourth strategy. So this one is a big favorite of mine. Um, interactive book sharing is the fourth strategy, and you can start this from birth. I'm a big advocate for sharing books pretty much from birth and making it part of your daily routine. it's It's oh, I don't even know where to begin. It's such an important, um, part of and such a stimulating part of their language development and their connection, where you have time together. Um, there's so many benefits to sharing books together. So, start from birth. Books are great for their thinking, for their imagination, for their vocabulary, helps them concentrate. If you can. Consider getting books that have, you know, colourful pictures, have lots of rhyming words and repetitive words. It just means that kind of like with the nursery rhymes I mentioned earlier, the more familiar they become with a book, then they are, you can use that building anticipation and waiting. So it's like, you know, we're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. We're not scared. So they hear that. That's in the book. We're going on a bear hunt. But they hear that over and over again in the book and eventually when you're reading it, you can say, we're going on, and you just wait and see if they have a go at trying to fill those words in. So there's, books are just amazing at maximizing language development. So you want to, if you haven't already got a daily book routine, see if you can get one in there and really start that special relationship that you can facilitate your child to have with books. And then also with yourself, it's a great time to to connect with your child. Okay, so strategy number five. So this one is a bit about being aware of how you use questions. We call it careful question usage. So you want to tune into what type of questions you ask your child because some questions, let's face it, some are just better than others to get a response. So, for example, if you're if you – I'll use a a preschooler age type of example. If you get in the car with your preschooler and you've picked them up after preschool and you say – you know, did you have a good day? And they say, yes. Did you eat all your food? And they say, yes. Did you play with Jack? And they say, yes. Then you're, off, you're here. You're not, you're not choosing the best questions to ask. They're called closed questions. So those questions are not the greatest. You're just going to get a yes or no answer. But there are open questions you can ask where you're, you know, you, you want to show interest, you want to show and create anticipation and you just say, you know, so what happened at preschool and what happened next and what, what are we going to do now and how does this work and, you know, that, those kinds of questions which are open-ended. And if a child can't, I would say, cope with how to answer an open-ended question, consider a question where there's two options. So rather than just saying, did you have, you know, banana for lunch, And you might just say, did you have bread or banana? And they might say banana or nothing or whatever the case may be. But giving them an option is another way to do it. So they're not just saying yes or no. Okay, and the final strategy. Now this one It's called expansion, which is where you expand upon what your child has just said. So obviously, it's really expansion is about building on new words your child has developed. And what you're doing in expansion is you're saying back what your child has said and you're adding an extra word or two. So if they say car, you say big car or big green car. Now, important note, you are not asking them to repeat you all you are doing is reflecting back what they've said and you're adding another word or two words to it. And that way your child is able to see how that word can operate in a longer format. So that's super important. The last thing we want to do is be annoying our children and forcing them to repeat us or to say things back to us. Because what you'll find is that simply by modelling and expanding on what they say, eventually they will start to um, copy what you've given them. So if you were to say, or if they were to say train and you say oh, long train, then eventually they'll start to also say long train and they'll add that extra word to it because they've worked out or understand how to put that extra word to one that's already familiar to them and that they're using. So that pretty much covers off the six key strategies for getting those first words happening and then encouraging those first words to continue to happen. So now, what about those common things that we hear, like, oh, boys are slower than girls, so we'll just give him time. Now, I've got to say that um, what research shows is that boys can tend to erupt those words a little bit slower than girls, but it's usually only by about three months or so. So, you know, waiting any longer than that really probably isn't the ideal situation. So be aware that yes – Research shows that they are a little bit slower, but they're not outside that average range in terms of the rate or the progress that they make. Every child is individual, absolutely, but the milestones are those parameters that we can use to kind of go, okay, well, where are they? Where do they need to be? And not just that, but what's happening in the day-to-day that is actually you know, impacting on us? So if you have a child, now I'll give you an example where someone once said to me, oh, you know... I knew, or one of my colleagues at work, I I was told that he didn't speak until he was three. And he's absolutely fine now, like he's absolutely fine. So well, why wouldn't we wait till he's, he's three or he's a bit older? And my response was, well, I know he's fine now, but what was happening in his world when he had no communication or no words going on up until the age of three? So were there lots of tantrums? Did we have stressed out parents? Did we have very frustrated carers? What what was happening in the world for that child or for that family? And that's really uh, you know an important point is if there's in your day to day, if there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of all of that going on. There is a better way. And for kids that don't have their communication yet, there's no reason why you would have to wait until they're three. Why not incorporate the strategies and some tools to just help boost them along and ease that frustration and make it a happier environment for everybody? So I think generally, you know, go with your gut instinct. As a parent, particularly, um, you know, it might be hard if you're the only one that thinks, oh, you know, things aren't quite right and you've got. You know, maybe your partner or someone else saying, "No, no give him time, just relax, I'll be all right." Um, you know, if if you are going to wait, put a I say put a deadline to it. So just go, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm aware of what the milestones are and where he or she should be, but I think I'll just wait and give it, you know, four weeks, for example. So give yourself a timeline so that you can act. Because if you just say, "I'm going to wait," then that's an open-ended waiting period, which you know, doesn't necessarily have an action point to it. So my suggestion is put an action date to it. If things haven't improved by such a time, I will then go talk to my doctor. I will then go get the hearing checked. I will then perhaps you know, go and see a speech pathologist. So please add an action point to a date if you have concerns or if you're, if you have a little bit of a concern, but you do want to wait and trial some of the strategies we've talked about today. Okay. So to wrap it up, we've covered a lot today. We've covered milestones. We've looked at the three key pre-verbal skills or signs that happen before kids start to talk. And then we've also looked at six key practical strategies to really help boost your child's first words and help keep them coming beyond that. And and on that topic, if you're a person that likes to read things apart from just listen to them. I have created a free mini ebook that is on the chataboutchildren.com website, which is called Six Steps to Launch Your Child's First Words and Beyond. You may want to go on the site and download that ebook if you'd like to read through what we've talked about today. Coming up next episode, we are talking about preschoolers and really focusing on the three to five-year-old and how to help your child be ready to to learn how to read and spell once they get to school. And really in terms of getting them ready, a big part of what we're going to talk about is what we oral communication skills. So again, looking at receptive and expressive language, looking at speech sound development, looking at their general communication skills, and um, as they're such important precursors to them then learning how to read and spell once they get to school. So we're going to have a look at milestones for that older age group and help you understand how you can help strengthen those building blocks. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you feel like leaving a rating and review, that would be fantastic and much appreciated. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the website and share this podcast with your family, with your friends, with your colleagues, whoever you feel it's relevant for. I'd love for you to be part of the Chat About Children community on Facebook, so feel free to head over there and to like the Chat About Children page. And remember to download that ebook on the six key strategies to get those first words happening. Thank you for joining me today. I celebrate you. Take care and chat soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich. www.chataboutchildren.com.